All right, Mots, we are back. Episode number 76 of the Rink Shrinks. We got a mailbag episode. What do you say, buddy? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, a lot to discuss. Last week, Stanley Cup finally came to an end. Uh, Not finally. I mean, that was great hockey. It was a ton of fun to watch. Uh, What are your thoughts? How's everything been going? Uh, Good. Real good. Um, Like you said, the the hockey was great. Tampa Bay put on a little bit of push, but I think the better team won. Um, They just kept coming, and I killed Makara or something else. Oh, my God. So exciting to watch, and I um, I enjoyed – you know, watching it with some buddies and, you know, kind of just excited for him. And I know him as, you know, just as a, from afar a bit, but I was really My happy. Fellow Hobie, fellow Hobie winner. So you guys are in that circle. Yeah, in the circle. But, um, you know, to win the con Smythe and he's just so, you know, understated as a person, but when he lets his play speak for him for, you know, for everything and, you know, good demeanor about him. You can tell his teammates are so happy for him. So it's great. Yeah, no, he seems like just the ultimate package of a of a human being, obviously a player. And like you said, I mean, he's now been in the league for a couple of years, but his, you know, the physicality he plays with, uh, it's unbelievable. And it was it was interesting to note the, you know, first ever Hobie Baker winner, Con Smythe winner, Cup winner, uh, Norris Trophy winner. Like that's I mean, that's elite, elite company and it's fun to watch the greatness that he plays with on a on a nightly basis and you know, that whole team, like you said, I, I, Tampa Bay, like obviously hats off to them. They just unbelievable run and not having Braden Point and, and some of those kind of key cornerstones that they have. But uh, just great, great hockey. Yeah, it was nice. It was going to late June. It makes it for a short summer for the boys, but um, definitely worthwhile when you can hoist the Stanley Cup. And those bumps and bruises uh, heal up quick. So congrats to the, uh, the Avalanche on Great season number one and an exciting playoff. Yeah, well, when we got down to the finals, we made it a prediction. You took Tampa and I took Colorado, so ding, 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 big winner for me. But actually, uh, HR and, and Liam were the only ones that actually predicted Colorado to win it. So you and I, we had a tough run in our brackets, but, hey, at least uh, at least the little one, Liam and, and, and Joanna, know, knew what they were talking about. Yeah, I think we were talking about it. Um, what was the – Mascot's name? Um, Bernie, right? Was it Bernie? Yeah, the Bernie's Mountain Dog. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think Joanna picked because, you know, cool mascot. Exactly. You know, name was big, she's a big uh, Beethoven fan. They have good unis, you know? Absolutely. Well, Liam knows what he's doing. Yeah, Liam knows what that He knows, I mean... McCaw McKinnon, the the way that those guys play, it's it's unbelievable, and it's it's always crazy to hear the the um, injury reports that guys were playing with on both sides. I mean, just absolute warriors. Nazim Kadri, what you know, what he did and that goal he scored to win it in uh, in overtime. Did you think that was should have been called offside or not? What was that game for? No, yeah, too many men. Um, yeah, what did I say? Offside. No. I- I don't think because they really did put the whistles away during that game. There was a couple like really obvious calls that they just decided to let the boys figure it out. So in like linesmen can call that as well. So right. four, four refs on the ice. 
all decided to make the non-call. So you got to live with that. And it happens so many times a game. It's just unfortunate that you know, it's under the microscope because of a game-winning goal. But what a move. I love that under the stick. Yeah, you know, we've been we've been talking about that. Uh, who yeah. who brought that up? And they were saying it was named Ben Gite. Yeah, the Gite. Yeah, who, uh, was one of our guests. Was it Bells? No, you know who I think it was. It was Merle's when we were down in New York. Oh, that's what it was. You're right. Yeah, yeah it was doing the live stream. It was. Right when we were yes. doing that. But yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. an effective move. Um, oh, if you can pull yeah. it off from us as defensemen, if someone's coming in, you know, we're taught to do, you know, stick on puck, so you overextend a little bit, and it, you know, gets underneath. And the key part is to like get it off as quickly as you can once it gets underneath. But uh, what a shot! What a play! Yeah. Yeah, what a shot, what a play, what a series. Uh, overall, the playoffs were a ton of fun to watch. And, and you know, we just reassured ourselves as the the youth hockey, the rink shrinks, not the NHL, because yeah. obviously we couldn't pick the the Stanley Cup champion even even if we tried even, 20 times. Yeah, even in the last series. Even when it was a 50-50 chance. <laughs> Oh, that's all. And, and, and yeah, that was just by default because I was like, yeah, Tampa's probably going to win. And I'm like, ah, I, I think I just have to go with Colorado. You know, we couldn't <laughs> both pick it wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's classic. Classic. But uh, we um, just recapping a little bit. I was actually I played in the, the Boston uh, Cup. We called it. it's Boston Police versus Boston Fire Department. Big battle on uh, this past Monday at Wollaston Golf Course, which was, uh, you know, really nice that they play with us. My um my partner was a, and it was, they play like a Ryder cup format. So my partner was a big basketball guy, Pat Russell, Boston police officer. Uh, he's been on for, you know, 33 years or so really good golfer kind of carried me the first, uh, first few holes. And, but we ended up winning our match. And ultimately the, the BPD took down the, the fire department in the, uh, in the tournament. We, we ended up smoking them. They did like a, a point system, you know, it was in the first seven holes. I think we played, uh, it was like best, you know, best ball, two man best ball. Then it was individuals, and then what was the other one? God, alternate shot. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, uh, but ton of fun and uh, and and you know, good. And I actually met this a uh, World War II veteran, Arthur Maderos. He's a hundred and two years old, and this guy is in amazing shape. Just like amazing, amazing story. And uh, it was a real privilege to meet him. The guy still golfs like all the time. Last week he shot an 87. Oh, that's awesome. At 102 years old. But, you know, really, really cool story. You can look him up on the internet. Again, Arthur Maderos, he grew up in Rhode Island on a farm. And his family turned the um, half the land into a golf course. And he was, you know, part of just a, it, it, a lot of like cool, cool history stuff. But it was a real treat to, to meet Mr. Maderos. Yeah, like a living history book. So when you have time to sit down and talk to someone like that, you know, the stories that fly in and you can learn some, some cool stuff, you know. And, um, you know, anytime you can you know, shoot below your age, you're doing all right. Yeah, exactly. And he had a buddy uh, that was with him. I forget his name. And he's like, yeah, just to bring Arthur down a little bit, he's like, he went out last week and actually shot 102. So he's not that, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like still, get, you know, just guys being guys, just busting each other's balls. I'm like, this is great. This is great. But yeah, it was uh really, really cool. And you know, especially with Fourth of July weekend coming up. Um, you know, it's a, th- those are the guys in the history, and we're so lucky to 
you know, be able to play hockey and talk about hockey and play nice golf courses and things like that. And, and those are the guys that kind of were the generation that paved the way for us. Yeah, that's great. And also you have two uh, events against the five with, with bragging rights now. Exactly. You know, two and all this year. year. Yeah. I was saying that like all these firefighters, most of them are, are, are veterans and they're all like, you know, they have some older guys. My cousin's on the team who's my age, but, and, and he's a good player, Paul Harvey, that was a, you know, hockey player and stuff. But then they have a lot of younger guys that are like all ripped up and like in really good shape. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, firefighter schedules where you work two days a week, you're spending too much time doing CrossFit and getting all jacked up instead of going to the course. You know what I mean? Like there's no way you should be. We're, we're, you know, we're all working 70, 80 hours a week and you guys are clearly spending too much time in the gym. Get out yeah, and start, hit the range, dude. You probably put it on their screen that, um, you're going to have like a, a CrossFit competition with you guys. You know, yeah. If we ever did one of those, thing. like, you know, those B fit things that the, yeah, the, yeah. the, like the runs and stuff like, yeah, that, that wouldn't, that wouldn't go over. So we'll, we'll stick to the, uh, the golf. Yeah, yeah, that would be a quick L for the BPD. <laughs> uh, some Hall of Fame inductees, and this one for me was huge because what's it for the Hall of Fame? Five years? Got to yeah, be retired five years. Yeah, so, exemption, but... yeah, right. So, you know, big shout out Dan, Daniel Alfredson, uh, Roberto Luongo, uh, and the two, uh, Henrik and Daniel Sedins. But I remember when, when the Sedins retired, uh, uh, boy fairway falls was like there's no way that the sedines are gonna get in blah 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 and i was like Foles, i just remember this argument like and he he had no recollection of it you know what i mean and i choose not to argue with him for anybody that follows on instagram or twitter it's like it's just an uphill battle and he has way too much time on his hands so i remembered i'm like this one, I know I'm going to win. The Sedins are Hall of Fame players. They're gold medalists. Like, yes, they didn't win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I know one of them, you know, scoring titles. They've got uh, – one of them won an MVP, right? Yeah, they, their stats are very similar over their careers. Crazy. Yeah, very similar. Crazy stats and just complete – like, they were dynamic players of kind of odd generation, right? Like, to watch them, I'm sure you can talk about playing against them, but just from afar watching them, like, these guys, are they're Hall of Famers. And so as soon as it came out, I buzzed Foles right away. And uh, he's like, no, I don't remember that argument. I'm like, well, and he's like, no, they're not. And, you know, he still tried to go back that they're not worthy. And yeah, 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 it was, it was pretty funny. So a little notch on my belt, one nothing me versus Fallberger. Actually, it's probably one to like 1,000 that I'm down, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, so Johnny Oduya was my roommate, and he's Swedish. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, on a face-off, I'm just like, hey, Johnny's teaching me some Swede, Swedish, so be careful because they were talking about some face-off play. Right. Be careful. <laughs> and like They're just like, oh, whatever. But um, a quick dash four in the first period against those guys in Vancouver. Oh. You know, it's, <laughs> that's tough to recover from. Yeah, that but, is. But, yeah, they they worked well, you know, so well together. And, you know, it was just a natural ability of knowing where they were. And then they had the skill sets to execute. So it was, they were uh, very tough to, to handle down low on cycles and whatnot. And they got creative with it. A lot of those face-off plays that you see now. With the yeah, they kind coming, of, like, started that. Yeah, from the inside. And then the other board side when it goes around the net or just gets lost. Causes some confusion, but they did that all the time, and they would get chances right off of face-off. So, um, but I'm happy for them. And you know, there were a few snubs, but 
you know, I think it's just more of a, a situation. Who's the biggest there. snub that you think right now is still left out there? Um, I would say McGillney. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm biased to Patrick Eliash. Um, yeah. You know, his That's stats match up. And he's a great guy. <laughs> he's a great teammate. Um, what about Keith uh, Kachuk? Yeah. I mean, he was like the first real power forward and kind of paved Gold. the way for a lot of guys. Yeah. You know? Over 500 goals, right? Yeah. So, but I think, you know, it's just like a time thing. It's not mm -hmm. like, it's not like a, a knock on their play per se. So I'd say that's, those are, those would be the ones. Um, but I think with time they'll, they'll get in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Those are, you know, three very worthy, uh, very worthy, uh, you know, guys that, that, that should be in. And uh, I don't know what the exact rules are, but they can only take so many at once. Right. Yeah, yeah, there's so, like a limit. A limit, right? Exactly. That that's that's what I was looking for. Uh, I was flipping around. I think it was Saturday, and I actually I caught some of that three ice. Have you seen any of that yet? I, I've only seen some highlights. I haven't seen a game. Uh, you know, when I was flipping through, like you you were doing, but you see our boy Swaggy P. I I didn't see Swaggy P play, uh, but I did see I when I turned it on. It was the finals, and they were showing some highlights. Uh, I did see uh, Joey Whitney, former BC Eagle, who's yeah. he had the gold helmet on. He had been leading the uh, the tournament in scoring, so he did a little European flair to it, where he had the the gold bucket going. And uh, they were down to Team Trotche. I think it was like one nothing after the first half. They played two eight-minute runtime halves, and they came out firing. Um, Team Mullen ended up winning the championship. So that was like their – they've won both of the championship weekends. The first one was in Vegas. second one was in Denver. Not sure where the next one is. But it was pretty – it was definitely – uh, entertaining hockey, some different rules where if you know when you advance the puck into the offensive zone, you can't go back and like regroup. You know how you, in the NHL you see guys yeah. like throw it all the way back to the goalie and kind of get yeah. line changes and things like that. But those guys were were, were pretty gassed. They had some good um, interviews like in the on the benches. Like uh, Joey Witt was. He was getting in, and he's like, uh, uh, "I'm just trying to catch my breath because it's like six guys, and they're just going, going, going." You know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't seem like it's a long time, but it was it was very uh, entertaining. And Joey Mullen, we're gonna have to get him on. I know you know another BC guy and stuff, but he's won a couple uh, couple weeks in a row. And I know those guys that they're, they're playing for some money. His sons on the team. Uh, there was a few other guys that were on that team that were were pretty. You know that. Oh, Peter uh, Wu, uh, MacArthur that played at BU. Yeah. Um, so some high end kind of you know skill guys, and it was it was definitely fun to watch. Yeah, I talked to Joey about it. He's actually really, he's a super guy. I would love to have him on. His path is like amazing. Yeah, Hell's Kitchen. And uh, but he was he was excited to be a part of it. And you know, I know for a fact those guys, the coaches take it seriously. You know. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. there's bragging rights and money on the line and. Um, so he's, I'm happy that he's, he's getting off to a good start, but it's a, a cool concept, right? You, you, you just on the weekends, you travel to good cities, play some, uh, some, a little glorified shinny, really. Exactly. A couple years younger, Mots, that would have been right up your alley. <laughs> he mentioned, he's like, you should come try it. I'm like, not a chance. No. <laughs> come try out. Like, yeah. My days of trying out for things are w way beyond me. All right. But uh, yeah, good, good uh, by Joey and the squad. Gonna have to tune in and catch some some action. 
Yeah, I just caught on it, you know, by chance. I think it was like on CBS or, or, or you know, one of the extra kind of channels. But it was it was fun. It was very entertaining, and hopefully, you know, I hope that uh, league really catches on and does well because it it definitely brings uh, it it you know it's all skill, it's all puck two on ones, like small, you know, obviously small area games, but in a full yeah. ice type of setting. So it was uh, it was good stuff. So for for anybody that hasn't seen any of it. Definitely uh, check it out. I know they reached out to us about having a couple of their guys, maybe some coaches, come on. So yep. we had Swaggy P on, and we'll uh, we'll have to we'll, we got a couple guys that we're working on that we can uh, talk a little bit more hockey on. Hopefully, one of those Hall of Famers, right? Yeah, we. I mean, I, I got Joey in the queue here, so we can you know while he's riding his hot streak, you know, we don't yeah. want to be the the cooler for him, but you know, we might as well uh, get him on while he's hot. Exactly. Uh, speaking of hot, I mean, how about Ovechkin playing soccer? Did you see the highlights of that? I saw. Yeah, um, he's an athlete, right? Seriously, I, Seriously. Know, I wouldn't want to get slide tackled by him. No. Well, that one, <laughs> the one video where he's kind of like leaning down on the guy, and the guy goes to get the ball from him, he just throws a shoulder into him, just <laughs> buries the dude. Like this is, but he look he. he I think, you know, in hockey equipment, everybody kind of looks like decent size, but you see, like, he's an absolute truck. He's, he's so thick. He's like 232 pounds, and he can, he can be a little pissed off at times. And he was dangerous to play against on the ice, never mind on the, on the, on the pitch. Yeah, I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget. You're a little Ted Lasso in you. Uh, I'll never forget. Um, I forget what playoff series is, but it was Washington, Boston, and, Dennis Seidenberg and him, like they were both going head on as hot as they can. And they, it was like two Rams colliding. It looked like, you know, Rob Bellamy and Brian Foley connecting at the, uh, up in Orono, but they, uh, they I I was just, in that, in that series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was at the game. I remember, I forget what year it was, but it was like, Oh my God, they just, just two big thick bodies and just, just, trampled each other it was awesome but he went out and uh Ovi scored a goal in the game too yeah playing like professional soccer i'm like this is unbelievable it is i, I forget the heritage i think is i'm trying to think his mom was a basketball player i believe mm-hmm. olympic yeah. uh, basketball player so i mean great athletic genes there and it's actually cool to see how you know we, we say like pros versus joes and like whatever but translate translating from another sport even though you're at the highest level of your own sport um it's always interesting you know like if you got in the in the batter's box you know not a chance right zero even though i think i i would love to like just try and time one up but um yeah there's it's just interesting because like you know elite athletes trying to you know cross uh you know sport it it's uh cross the sauces yeah we'll see uh if it continues to be a trend i know i know it's good stuff and it just goes to show i mean we always talk about multi-sport athletes and things like that and and that's kind of why i wanted to bring it up it's you know him even at the highest level like he's going he's training and he's playing in a in a you know professional soccer league and goes out he's running people over and scoring goals just like nothing just like he does in the nhl and i mean god it's not like he's some spring chicken he's got to be in his what was he born he's like 35 30 yeah Yeah. 36 years old i'm like the 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 guy's been around for sure uh the other thing was uh the 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 call the cup championship uh chip was 
uh, took place in the past uh, week. And shout out to our, our good buddy Ryan Wasowski, who's a you know good family friend of ours. His brother David played for the Bruins in Pittsburgh for a bit. He's over in Germany, and I know he's coming back to the uh, to the states this year, I believe, to play. But Ryan's had an unbelievable path. Uh, started out you know playing college hockey at Sacred Heart. Went to went to Marshfield High School. And then went to Cushing, went to Sacred Heart for a year or two, and then transferred to Division Three. played at Curry College. I had him. He was working. We're going to have him on soon, but he was working for me doing summer camps and things like that when I was running the uh, uh, the Bavis rink down in Rockland and just, you know, getting aggravated, like dealing with kids playing uh, – what's it called asteroids with kids firing pucks off their skates and, and, and playing wiffle ball in between in those like all day sports camps. And, you know, next thing you know, he's out, uh, you know, he, he took an assistant coaching job down in South Carolina, uh, worked for Robbie Concanon down there and, and ended up, um, you know, become the head coach, brought the team to the finals in his first year, then went on, got an American league job as assistant there, uh, won a championship already in the American league in Charlotte, right? Mott? Yeah. And then, uh, and then this past year, you know, goes with the Chicago Wolves and they win the championship, which is pretty special. I know I brought him up a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, like I said, just great family, great family friend. But his, uh, yeah, that you know, to go and win a championship, to to do it in the East Coast League and now the American League, and you know, I think he's one of those guys that you know he's he's like my sleeper pick for somebody to go and you know eventually become an, an NHL head coach. You look at a guy like Jared Bednar who one at all different levels and, and Ryan's kind of fall on that same path, just maybe not as handsome as Bednar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bednar's hair's on point. Um, but yeah, Ryan's great, great hockey mind. I, we were at a, a little golf outing, just chatting hockey for hours and, you know, his approach. And that doesn't sound like you at all. <laughs> no, right. Sitting around war stories, talking, talking hockey at a golf tournament. <laughs> uh, right in the uh, sweet spot. <laughs> but um yeah as far as just his approach and his you know hockey intellect and how he translates it to his players and gets the most out of his players it's uh you know he definitely has a bright future and in some organizations i don't i feel like you know there's some that are just regurgitating and recycling these older you know head coaches but you know if you want to you know, kind of move into like the next phase and have a coach that can you know, identify with the younger player. This is your guy, really. Absolutely. And he's, and he's proven to, to be a winner uh, from the coach's side. So I think he'd be, a, you know, on a lot of lists, high up on lists. We'll see where it shakes out for him. Yeah. Like I said, we got a uh, mailbag episode here, and this episode is uh, brought to you by Cross Country Mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend Chris Devon and see if it makes sense for you. Devo may be able to help you save on a monthly basis so you can put more money into savings or other projects. Check him out at chrisdevin.com. Again, Devo with Cross Country Mortgage does a great job, and uh, we always appreciate him stepping up and being part of this pod. He's the man. Check him out at chrisdevin.com. What do you say, Mott? you want to take the first mailbag question here? Let's get into it. It's uh, Mike from Malden. Asked, how much influence should the parents have when coaches are picking tournaments? I coach a U10 team and looking for advice. It's a good, good question. question. Yeah. yeah. Good question. It's a good question. It's difficult because a lot of these tournaments, uh, you know, 
they do kind of require that you commit to them over the summer and things like that. And it's difficult to, um, to, you know, to meet with a lot of these teams, I guess, are picked in March and it's hard to get everybody together and kind of get them on the same page. So what I always try to do is just kind of lay the groundwork. Hey, well, you know, we're looking at a tournament, you know, one or two locally and then one, um, destination type tournament obviously last year we went down to florida with my 09 team which you know took place of uh instead of the q and my uh, my 2011 team we went up to buffalo and did that and and you know typically pre kind of covid stuff there was a little bit more you know going up to canada and things like that but i kind of just lay the expectations let them know when you know when they may be but they i wouldn't say there's like you know, I put it completely in their hands. I just kind of let them know, hey, this is what we're going to look into. There's some good tournaments. Um, you know, some of the, the the different tournaments we've talked about in the past, and you know, some of the the higher ranked teams are going to be there and things like that. And that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I think that's you know, spot on. You know, a couple of local ones, just so you don't you can keep the cost down, really. Right. Um, but you know, lines of communication with the parents would be is, is big on this. Um, I mean, if and again, what you said is like talent appropriate according to your team. You know, you don't want to get good somewhere and get blown out and vice versa. So, like, you got to kind of be selective uh, according to your group. But I think uh, you definitely involve the parents. You know, not no. you know, it's not like they pick them, but you, you get a little feedback and see uh, what what they're kind of thinking as well. But yeah, I think most of the parents wouldn't when you know you're doing that select kind of hockey there. I would say 95% of them are on board with doing something, you know, traveling, whether it's, you know, basically a, a plane ride. And, you know, I always like to keep it cost effective. So, you know, try to limit as many times we have to get on a plane as possible. So, you know, one or, you know, one, or, we're lucky where we live in Boston where we can kind of pick and choose. And there's some really good tournaments and good talent that comes here. Um, and that's like the, you know, that's my goal is like if we do one or two locally and then, you know, one plane ride, I think it makes this makes the most sense. And, you know, again, you got to be careful on like the competition. I think that's why it's it's so important to look into the, you know, we've, we've talked to the guys in the past and they're one of our partners, but the guys at my hockey rankings do a really good job. And you talk to the, the people that are running the tournament. All right. Who's going to be there? Like, what are their you know, where do they fit? And I'm not saying you got to play all the best teams around, but it's something that, you know, if you're the 30th ranked team, you you want to be playing teams that are similar to you. You know what I mean? If you're the 100th ranked team, like why would you go and try to enter a, tur- enter a tournament that is, uh, you know, built of the top 20 teams? It doesn't make sense for you. You're going to go there and get smoked. Yeah, I mentioned this story too. And we went to Pittsburgh and Buffalo. It was just all dads. And then, I'm like, all right, you guys want to go to like Nashville or something? And then all the moms are like, yeah, woo. all right. <laughs> Instead of being like, you know, this this tournament really good in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. You know, it's just like the steel town. And, right, you know, right. And exactly. then we, you know, be all dads again. But you know, we, we flip the script and go to Nashville. But, Nashville's um, always a good take. Yeah, no, it was great. But, you know, that, that I think you nailed it with some of that those points. So hopefully that helped, Mike. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for the question, Mike. Uh, the next one here, suffer the, uh, it's highlighted, suffer the headache to show them the light. Love the pod. Keep up the good work. My son is on a competitive 8U team 
and the head coach strongly believes spring summer hockey should be independent from the fall winter team and encourages other sports, breaks from the rink, etc. The parents of one of our players reached out recently to request a release from the team slash organization because our 8U team isn't doing enough hockey in the summer to prepare for the next season. Do we cut bait and run to tr- or try to enlighten this family in the way of the rank shrinks? Thanks from Patrick. Wow. I would say, you know, you have a conversation and try to, you know, tell them, enlighten them what the right thing to do is. We're not saying like not to play summer hockey, but, you know, sometimes too much is too much. So, and if they just don't agree, you don't see eye to eye, smell you later. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this guy. Oh, this this parent seems like a bit of a buffoon. Um, you know, the winter's the winter and the summer's the summer. And and you know, I'm the same way. I my my youngest actually was in the rink this past weekend. We did a little three on three thing down at their academy with some of his buddies. It was the first time he was on the ice since March. I know that some of my kids on uh on 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 his team have been playing. They're playing for, you know, different select teams. Uh, in different tournaments and things like that. And that's fine. Like I have no problem with it. Parents, you want to go and, you know, we try to, uh, you know, tell everybody our, you know, our way. And we're not disregarding like saying, you know, go, go have some fun, go play in a, two, a couple tournaments and things like that. But if this guy's already becoming a headache at the eight and under level, I'd say cut bait with him and he's not going to be happy anywhere. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about it. Like if, if you're opening up this can of worms at eight years old, um, you know, yeah, Patrick, I would, I, I would, yeah, there's more to come. He's never going to be happy. He's never going to be satisfied. And the kid might be a stud, but you know what? Good luck to you. All right. I'd rather, All I'd right. rather sacrifice, you know, whatever, a couple extra losses on the team. If that, if the kid is a difference maker and not deal with the headache, that's just my philosophy on it. No, I think that's fair. Um, we've got, a question from Stricky from Ottawa. What makes Stricky from Ottawa? Yeah, I like uh, it. What makes a Triple A player? So it could be like you know, just as far as the player, player. I mean, the qualities that we we talk about. You know, someone who can process the game has skill. You know, to be able to execute at a higher level. I mean, that's really pretty. You know, straightforward. But you work on mastering the basics, and then be being able to build on those basics. Um, at each level. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a simple answer. And I mean, a lot of it, a triple A player, to be perfectly honest, is money. Like if yeah. you're willing to pay, yeah, there's yeah. a team that's gonna that's gonna pick you and you're gonna be a so called triple A player, especially at the younger age groups. As they get older and you know, now they have all these triple A's, elites, tier ones, tier sevens, tier twelves, all these different kind of categories but if you're willing to pay the money you know you can play triple a especially in you know locally here in the massachusetts area i'm not sure exactly in ottawa but you know most of uh those teams they're speaking in canada and i don't know a ton about it but you know there's going to be some some high high end triple a type players and there's going to be you know other kids that that are good players that are on the team they compete hard they they work hard they know how to play the game they you know they they, they know how to make plays and things like that and that's how they're you know that so-called triple a player but again in in most places if you're willing to pay the money um and you you know you can program jump and this and that and and you know drive you know instead of 20 minutes down the street two and a half hours down the street 
a lot of programs will take you. So that that's really, you know, <laughs> that's how I yeah. feel about it. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. What's better than a triple A player looking like one, two though? That's that's a big thing, right? Head to TSR. The TSR team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with the top brands in sports apparel. Ensure that your team looks the best next season by visiting TSRHockey.com. Yeah, uh, my son Ryan and my daughter Brooke are going to make a trip up there. And, um, you know, Brooke's skates are like three sizes too small. And, you know, she needs some love, you know. So the yeah. boys up there are going to take care of her. And my son needs some like a stick and something else so yeah he'll find something that he needs yeah always so he'll he'll be able to get up there and uh see the boys at tsr yeah brennan mike those guys do a great job especially the fitting if you're in the market for new skates and things like that those are the guys they're the guys to 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 see and you know they're not going to gouge you they're going to tell you exactly what's the best skate the best you know they're not just going to try to upsell you say oh you need the top of the line you need the best you know $1,500 $1,500 skate or whatever the prices are. It's like, you can get away with this. It just does, it, it does just as much for the performance. And, you know, Brendan and, and, and the team up there are going to, they, they do a really good job with the fittings and things like that. So yeah, let us know how she makes up. She's, you know, we'll tell Brooke to go for the high, high end though. Yeah. And she actually, you know, her and Ryan had the, the championship there and, you know, she was still riding high from it, you know, just, Broken stick, you know, her skates are too small, but she's like, we still got the W, Dad. So exactly. She gets exactly. it. Yeah. Hey, you give her the old Paul Coffee story, like, yes. you know, hey, Paul <laughs> Coffee wore skates that were like four and a half sizes too small for them for him. No, yeah. they seem to work for him all right. Yeah. She's like, who's Paul Coffee? Yeah, who's Paul Coffee? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. What should we do about this situation? We played for a Mike team last year with a coach the rink brought in. The coach ended up bringing, we'll just go with uh, drugs, in his son's bag and and uh, had a medical condition at the hotel where the team was staying. So so basically, uh, you know, for you adults out there, uh, I think you're getting where, where, where we're going with this thing. Uh, now this rink continues to keep this guy around the rink. This is a true story. Please give input. Uh, this is from Harry Buttcheeks. I don't know. That's his email. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, touchy su- subject, but yeah, um, definitely a touchy subject. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't. You're coaching. I mean, you're you're a leader. You're an influence on these kids, and that's just completely unacceptable. I mean, you have you know, there's plenty of time to do things away from the rank. You just you do not, um, you know even introduce that type of stuff to kids that you're supposed to be shaping and not only on the ice, but off the ice. So uh, terrible, terrible move. And uh, I think that they should, you know, absolutely step in and make a decision on gas pedaling. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the organization and the rank, they have to, I mean, they have to, you know, make difficult decisions, but if this is still an ongoing problem where this guy's basically overdosing, I mean, in the, in the, in the hotel. I mean, that's just, you can't set that precedent and have your, your, your kids around that. Um, you know, I'm all about giving people second chances and, and, you know, we, we, we know different stories of people that are in recovery and things like that. And it's one day at a time. And, and hopefully that this guy, 
you know, is out of that, the, the woods and kind of hit his, his rock bottom and is now, um, you know, on the path, uh, you know, on the right path moving forward, which, you know, Harry Buttcheeks didn't, uh, didn't, he didn't talk about that if the guy's gotten sober since then and, and things like that, because, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of people that have battled sub- substance abuses that, you know, have gone on and become good hockey coaches and things like that. But if this is still an ongoing situation, then, unfortunately you can't have that around your, your, your children and, you know, for any or anyone for that, uh, nobody wants to be in the presence of something like that. But I feel for, you know, whoever the coach is, because we all know somebody that's been impacted by, you know, drugs or alcohol and things like that. And you try to, um, to, to help them out as best you can. But again, it's not a, uh, the hockey rink is not a, not the place for it. Not exactly. Well, I'll move on here. Settling. Family fights on the car ride to the rink. If you have a child, let's say, for example, a U-12 girl playing in a big regional hockey tournament, whose responsibility is it to make sure the kid has two sticks ready to go in case one breaks so they don't have to switch off with other players on the bench? Dad, question mark, mom, or the kid? That's from Kevin. Your equipment is your responsibility. You shouldn't be passing along uh, I mean, obviously, sticks are expensive, right? So at the end of the day, it falls on the parent. You know, it's their responsibility to make sure that they're they're packing their equip- equipment properly. They have all of their equipment. They have their their jerseys, their socks, and and you know, two sticks at the U twelve level is something that they should have and they should bring onto the bench with them at all times so they're prepared. You know, it's not very often that you know I've seen too many U twelve kids snap sticks in half or break them, kind of like you ha- you see the pros do, but you know what? It's it's always good to have a backup. Maybe it's an old one. Maybe it's you know one that you've gotten repaired or something like that, and 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 you have it um, just in case of an emergency. But you shouldn't be uh, passing around sticks on the bench and things like that. You got to have two weapons all taped up and ready to go, right? Well, that happened to to Brooke. She went and jammed her. So stick. Then, so you're Kevin. I, I'm Kevin. No, so um, she actually was sw- swapping off with one of her teammates during the game and uh it was like pretty funny because i'm like i'll run to pure hockey right now and, but it was closed and so that's calling you out right now yeah pretty much um, <laughs> <laughs> but i, I Mots do, gets I, called out it's your Mots's moment yeah uh i was at i'm at my daughter's u12 game she just broke her stick and now she's passing another one around i'm a complete joke of a father <laughs> So yeah, I had a good chuckle when I was reading that because that that just did happen, and she will have two moving forward though. Um, like he said, an older one or a repaired one. This you know, we have plenty that you know she can have as a backup. But I mean, you but, could have the old Gatorade stir as a backup. Cut it down. Come on. Yeah, but it was um, it was just funny. Good timing by Kevin. Yeah, Kevin just calls you out. Unbelievable. All right, now we have our uh, – we touched on the My Hockey Rankings, but we have the My Hockey Rankings question of the week. Which shrink was the faster skater in your prime? Uh, I guess in our prime. And a little side note, best hands. I'll answer this one really quickly. Mott's. And that's it. Now, my uh, my boots weren't great. You know, <laughs> They were a hell of a lot better than mine. <laughs> so – I would say uh, you, you know, had that like sexy little high kick though that 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 I always liked watching. Well, you you had the the better mints for sure, and I'll 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 take the skating. 
Definitely yeah. take the skating. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're splitting it down the middle. Uh, well, I appreciate that, but I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that's a good question. I actually, I talked to um, Ian from uh, My Hockey Rankings today and a lot of good stuff that they have going on. They brought on a couple new interns. They're really dissecting the uh, the rankings and, um, you know, all the, the, the different formulas and really going over the goal differentials and things like that. So we're going to have to, uh, I talked to him about having those guys, Neil and Ian uh, Lodine, come in at the... Uh, the end of the summer kind of as we lead into hockey season and and you know come on for a quick segment and talk about the rankings and you know how what's the the, the pros and cons with them and how to use them and things like that i know we had them on you know god probably 20 or so episodes ago it was really good really successful but um you know with the with the you know fall season when it does start things start to pick up in august um we'll we'll have those guys on and really break down all the good stuff that they have going on with uh, my hockey ranking so once again thanks for the question Mots, thanks for uh telling me i had be- tell you know saying i had better mitts but uh you were definitely the fastest skater and the hands are probably a tie t-ball question t-ball question Mots. you want to go with in that one son's- yeah i'll grab it in my son's off season i coach his t-ball team they just wrapped up and I want Shrink's input on what I could do in this situation next year. When we started in April, there was a girl on our team who was pretty good slash confident and enjoyed being at all the practices and games. As the season went on, I often heard her dad yelling for her to throw it, throw it, as soon as she caught the ball, to the point where she would jump when he yelled. By the end of the season, most of the other kids had improved and grown confident in their own games but she plateaued completely and stopped running to catch balls, etc. I can't help but think it's because of this lunatic yelling from the sidelines. How should I handle this in the future? Do I say anything or something to dad? It's John, hockey dad slash t-ball coach. That's a good question. And it's, you know, again, that's the ultimate. uh, It's not easy to coach, right, Mots? Like, it's not easy. I've had... You know, depending on like what your level is and, you know, I can speak personally, but like when my, you know, when I was coaching baseball and things like that, like I was a a, a very average baseball player, like, you know, so it, it, it felt it wasn't easy to go and, and go and talk to the parents and kind of meet with them and things like that. Like this is T-ball. I think you, you, you do have to just meet with all the parents and, and maybe not like call them out individually, but just have like a parent meeting at the beginning of the year. And, you know, maybe again, like as a check checkpoint halfway through the year and like, guys, Hey, you know, we're not going to tolerate parents yelling from the stands and things like that. If you do have a, you know, a close kind of relationship with the guy, uh, maybe it, 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 and you can do it, you know, it does make sense to pull the guy aside and say, Hey, listen, like, look how much better all these other kids are getting. Um, you know, your daughter's a good little player, but she's like plateauing because she's really not into it. She's nervous because you're yelling and screaming, throw it. I mean, I was at my nephew's uh, t-ball game a couple weeks ago. It's like straight up herding cats. Like it's absolute, it's hilarious. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's it's t-ball. Nobody should be yelling anything. And my, uh, it, it, it it's like such a fun little age where they should just be out there having a good time and just, you know, having a smile on their face you know what i mean everybody gets up to bat everybody hits and it's so you know it, it's just like they're, they're, they're babies they're little little kids you know yeah i i would probably err on the side of just pulling him aside and just simply having an adult conversation about 
how his yelling is affecting his daughter's uh, performance. Very simple. I mean, it's not like he's calling him out, telling him how to parent. It's just at the field, you know, this is what you've noticed. And I think that could, you know, go one of two ways. Maybe he kind of realizes that he's being a, a goof and, like, settles down a little bit. Or, you know, he's, he goes the other way, you know. So it's up to kind of that person on after just being approached in the correct way, I think that would be probably the best way to handle it. Um, if, I mean, that's how I would, if yeah. I was in that situation. No, absolutely. I think that's the, the, the best way to do it. And again, it's, it's not easy to coach. Like I said, I mean, the organization, Hey, you want to coach the baseball team, things like that. I'm like, no, I'd rather just sit there and, and, you know, with my coffee or my cooler and just watch, like I'm all set. You know what I mean? Like, and it's sometimes the, you know, the, the rewards from coaching are, are, are great, but also the negatives are, you know, you do have to kind of pull people aside once in a while and be like, Hey, listen, buddy, you know, like you said, I think the way you answered is perfect. Like, you know, Hey, look at how your daughter is being impacted from your behavior and screaming, throw it, throw it. Like these kids are they're little, little kids. And there's usually like 10 coaches on the field too. You know yeah, what I mean? Like this. Yeah, it's basically so that, to, to, like I said, I was at my my nephew's game a couple of weeks ago, and it was there was like a coach on every base. They're just like making sure my my cousin, uh, his son was on the team too, and you know they're just making sure like nobody gets hurt. You know what I mean? Like nobody gets a bat off the head. Right. Uh, it, it it's like the it's fun. It should be a, a blast. And then when a play is made, everyone goes bananas. Bananas. Like it, yeah, if somebody so like throws like, the ball to first base, the kid's got like yeah. his hat on sideways, his gloves on. And like, who are you yelling at? And, and usually when they, the ball gets hit, it's a full on like, like a huge match. Yeah. Everybody yeah. just swarms and goes and gets the thing. You know what I mean? It's, oh, it's so yeah. funny. You know what I mean? It was, it, I had, I was dying laughing because obviously it's been so many years, but it was, you know, my nephew was there, Billy Ryan's son, Witt's son. Uh, like I said, my cousin's kid. There was, a, like, so many, like, you know, guys, like, friends of ours that have little kids all playing. And we were just yeah. sitting around hanging out. Like, I couldn't imagine one guy yelling and screaming, <laughs> you know, to throw it to his poor daughter. Like, come on, buddy, get a grip. Uh, all right, I get the next one here. Uh, billet mom. This is titled hello. Love the podcast. We billeted a U16 this past winter. Want to learn about youth hockey so I could relate our kids experience several towns slash rinks slash bean pot. You mentioned uh, several towns slash rinks slash bean pot. You mentioned on the podcast came up in our conversation as he is from mass. Also, I got some good information from you and really love the show. I must have done something right because he wants to come back this year and live with us again. In a recent episode, you mentioned how silly the made-up team names were in reference to some new league or contest. I can tell you, for a newbie, the age designations of peewee, squirts, mites, etc. sound absolutely ridiculous <laughs> in a sport known for its toughness and grit. Sounds like a designation for a circuit wannabes to me. <laughs> how did that come to be keep up the good work love listening to each week's new episode as we were big hockey fans already in this house having the opportunity to build it an nhl ho hopeful uh, see how things work out for from age 16 to 20 on up meeting other hopeful young athletes and people in the biz has been so rewarding <laughs> that's great oh that's awesome actually i think oh so this is from debbie and then she said uh, another part to it i would especially appreciate help uh 
on what to say after a big loss. Our team went out in the second round of the playoffs after a great season. I never, I've never seen kids so emotionally devastated. It was so heartbreaking seeing them like that. And again, that's from, uh, from Debbie. That's good stuff. Um, to answer the first part, I have no clue about the Mike Squirts, Pee Wee's Phantoms. I mean, I'm no, sure no idea information out there, but it does sound like a wannabe circuit, but um, pretty funny that you pick up on that um, as you're kind of learning about youth hockey. Um, yeah. And as far as, you know, being able to deal with emotional, you know, fully vested athletes, it's not easy at times because they're very, you know, driven for that win for that, you know, high level of performance. And so, you know, it, it is kind of a case by case basis. Um, and you, all you have to do is be there um, and allow them to decompress on their own. Cause sometimes you don't have to say anything. Right. You know, it's, it's kind of a tough, I mean, I was kind of, I was like really bad at times but my parents would just be there and give them yeah. a hug and, uh, you know, see if he wants to grab something to eat. You know, I'm sure, you know, you're a good cook. That's one of the reasons why he's definitely coming back. Right. Absolutely. The belly. So, yeah, I mean, it's idea. not easy to, to, uh, echo what you said. I have no idea where might square it's peewee's pants. I, I don't know where any of that stuff came from. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a bunch of wannabes. I think she was talking about the Live uh, Golf Tour. Weren't was, we yeah. talking about the names with Keith? Uh, yeah. Which those names are ridiculous. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's just been they've been around for so long. I, I I just never even questioned it. So good good question from Debbie. And like you said, just to be there as a parent, you know, you, you are that person's parent, like away from um, from their parents, right? And they rely on. And I think the the cool thing about the building experience is. You know, you see so many people um, that, you know, still like they make it to the NHL or they make it, you know, wherever it is. And that parent uh, that those billet parents and those, you know, whether the the younger siblings and things like like that are a, pa- uh, a part of that kid's life forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know like, you know, Charlie Coyle, I remember seeing him and all oh, these are my billets like these, you know. Here at you know coming down, they plan a trip or two every year. That you know when he played his year up in uh, St. John's in the in the queue, like those people, they they really took a you know their, their families bonded and they do so much. Kind of you are the other that mom and dad and brother and sister um, for that player that you know wh- wherever they live. I know some families that that um, you know there's some junior leagues that are around here where some of my families. Um, you know, they, they actually billet some kids as well. And they're like, you know, they're their fam family at the game. They love it and they have such a good time and they create such a bond and a bond that, that really does last a lifetime. So it takes a, a special, you know, person to be able to do it and invite some, you know, basically a stranger into your home and really, you know, become part of their family. So it's really cool stuff. That's awesome. Uh, Debbie, we appreciate the emails and maybe we'll do a little bit of digging on where Mike squared Peewee Bantam midget all those names kind of came up with right right yeah it is interesting i, I love i love the perception in the the uh, the ask because i had no clue yeah no idea well this mailbag was brought to you by the franklin street hockey the official ball and street hockey partner of the national hockey league school is out and it's time for some street hockey the stanley cup's over uh now it's time for street hockey time go to franklinsports.com and suit the whole crew up for this for the games get, get over there um uh... Franklin Street Hockey, 
franklinsports.com and you know, get all your street hockey, uh, stick handling, like you're talking. You're, you're out in the driveway all the time. That's why you have those silky mittens. So That's it. But be like BY and dangle on the driveway. Yeah. Maybe it should have been doing some power skating, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, the mailbag was also brought to you by The Shift Group. Is your company looking to hire driven, competitive former athletes? Are you a former college or pro athlete in any sport and trying to figure out what's next? Consider a meaningful career in technology sales and let The Shift Group guide you every step of the way. Uh, the Shift Group is turning athletes into sales professionals. Reach out to them at shiftgroup.io or email them directly at jr at shiftgroup.io. We always talk about this, but it's such a great um, tool to be able to use when you have these skill sets that you want to apply to the business world. So make sure you check out jr at shiftgroup.io or shiftgroup.io to get some info, and those guys will take care of you. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to um, the you know Pat Russell, who I played in the tournament with, and he's got two two daughters. One played at Babson and. The other one played at uh, at UPenn, Bass College basketball. Great athletes, and they're you know now uh, they're they're in the working world. They're both doing you know very well. But what they learned from you know their competitive nature and being part of a team and and things like that. They're in technology sales, and you know they, they that's why they've been so successful after their college careers because the the companies that they went to work for are really they're just you know they they embrace that that team mentality they you know they they can take the highs the lows the you know the the wins the losses like all those things that you learn from the from whatever sport you may be playing whether it's hockey basketball baseball you name it um it's going to transfer over into the to you know the the second chapter of your life and the shift group of those guys they do a really good job of kind of guiding you every step of the way so again shiftgroup.io or email J.R. Butler, J.R. at shiftgroup.io. Mots, we got some street hockey festival updates. You want to go through those? Yeah, so we got the Rinks Rink Street Hockey Festival, which it will be August 6th and 7th in Kingston, Mass., um, right outside of, it's called the Kings, Kingston Collection, nice big parking lot. Plenty uh, of, of things to be uh, doing down there other than, you know, just winning your, your bracket and then the championship. Um Birth years 2008 through 2015. Register by July 15th to secure a tournament T-shirt. Make sure you want to get get going on this. It's creeping up on us, uh, you know, as we speak right yeah. now. So I was going to say we're almost into July. Yeah. So we're registered by July 15th to secure a t- tournament T-shirt. Still some sponsors uh, sponsor spots open. Check out theringshrinks.com for more information, and we'll hop on a call with you. And there's a, a Facebook event, so go follow that for more information. Yeah, so make sure you check it out. Obviously, like Mott said, uh, August 6th and 7th down in Kingston. It's about a half hour south of Boston. We've been talking to a ton of people that are going to come down uh, with, with tents and fun different events. And, um, you know, so secure your team. Again, you only need, you know, grab – it doesn't have to be a select team, things like that. Grab your buddies from the neighborhood. It's street hockey. Everything's on feet. Um, it's running around. It's a lot of fun. Grab you know your friends. Grab seven or eight guys, and you know put put your team in. It breaks down to like seventy bucks a player. Uh, so we're you know trying to keep it very cost effective, and it'll be a, a good time. But again, July fifteenth, you got to register by. I know there's a bunch of teams signing up, and a bunch of others that I've heard 
or, um, you know, we're, we've been talking to people in different youth organizations around here that are putting their teams in. So make sure you uh, hit us up and uh, and register. Also, a lot more information is going to be on the rinkshrinks.com. So, Mots, we got a uh, July 4th coming up. Any uh, fun traditions? I love a good July 4th, you know. Yeah, so in Duxbury here, there's a great parade. And, you know, for years, I've just drive in the parade with my brother-in-law and have the kids in the back throwing candy. And uh, it's just nice. It's kind of a cool way to see the parade, too. Like, you know, we're just seeing a couple things around, but we also get to see a lot of the people that come out. and Get to show off the arms, too. Yeah, yeah. And support, uh, you know, Independence Day. You know, uh, it's it's nice. It's a nice time, you know, in this town. And, you know, we always like to have some people back to the house. The garage is getting there, so I wanted to get get something done before, you know. But, you know, it could be makeshift, but... Uh, it's going to be open from business. Do you do any, like, do you do like an American flag in the lawn, like with your mower or anything like that? Uh, I, yeah, this is like this lawn spray paint that I can use. There you go. I, yeah. I just gotta, you know, but no, we put some flags up, you know, right on lawn. Yeah, it must be looking nice. Yeah, it's coming. It's, uh, it's just interesting about the, the weather now it's starting to dry up a little bit. We haven't had a ton of rain, so I gotta be careful and maybe water it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. I know it's uh, looking forward to it. We usually uh, will be down on the beach down in Marshfield for a couple days and surrounded by kind of a jam-packed uh, baseball schedule uh, with, with my uh, younger two guys are in the summer baseball circuit right now, so they got games every night and things like that. But we were able to sneak down with to my parents' cottage down in um, Marshfield, hang out with my uncles and aunts and uh, be a fun, fun couple days. The, they got great fireworks on the beach on July 3rd down in Marsh Vegas. And, um, you know, ton of friends, ton of Boston people down there and stuff. So maybe we'll have to, we'll have to hook up and play, play some pickleball one of those days or something and, and, you know, hang out a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. Let's we, set uh, it up. We get the fireworks here too. I think that's on the fourth. The third is good in Marshfield. Yeah. Um, Third's we can do a home and home. Home and home. Let's go. Let's go. Hopefully, uh, it's a couple nice days for it. That's uh, always nice to have good weather around the fourth. It's been so. Uh, it, it like you said, the weather here has been beautiful. Been getting hot and things like that. So, we'll uh, we'll have some fun and we'll report back on how our uh, July third and fourth. But thank you to uh, to everybody. Thanks again for listening uh, and and sending in your questions and stories. Please continue to uh, like and follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, also, please subscribe and review wherever you listen. It's a huge, huge mot, uh help to us to stay on top of the charts. So uh, huge, huge. Uh, once again, happy July Fourth, everybody, and uh, time to cue the rink shrink shuffle, Jersey. Mm-hmm.